0: Hello, alle sammen. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome back to Bitcoin for Breakfast. I'm sorry about that brutal intro. I tried to edit um, an older, longer intro that we've been using for this show into a short clip. Clearly, I need to do some more editing because that was like getting a nuclear bomb straight into my ears um, when the show started. So sorry about that surprise. Um, but yeah, it was in the name of creativity and aesthetics. Welcome back to Bitcoin for Breakfast. We've been off air for a week, not intentionally, but because I went to the Swedish wilderness and um, found out that they don't have quite the same 5G coverage as we do in, uh, in Norway, where I'm from. So um, no show, no messages, no, not even an email for a week. To be quite honest, it was blissful. Um, but I did get sick, and I've been a bit shady this whole week, and I've been trying to do this interview with a guest in California, Alan B. Watts one of my favorite Twitter users, because he shares really interesting quotes and reflections about some of the deeper questions sort of, of, of what it means to be human, how the cosmos looks, what God is, all these things, right? Now these are topics that we often shy away from because it's so much easier to talk about something technical that we can actually tinker with or read some development diary and understand better, and it's sort of harder once we get up on that metaphysical level and to some extent it's all just guesswork and bouncing ideas back and forth for tens of thousands of years that doesn't mean those conversations are not worth having they will always be unsatisfying um, there will always be other angles other guests other conclusions that should have been represented but i wanted to have that chat and alan b watts is a twitter user that i really enjoyed his his thoughts around this very insightful and kind character. so i uh, wanted to have a chat with him And that's the interview that we're going to be showing uh, later in this episode. I finally got to record that yesterday and it won't be live, but I will be here if you have questions and comments. and we can talk a bit about it afterwards if you would like. Okay, Um, before we get that far, I just want to tell people this show is now also available as a podcast. It has been for the last few episodes, so some, most of you probably already know this. But if not, check out the video link, another uh, link in the description of this video. Ah, oh, you can hear my voice is still a bit off. I've been having a cold for a few days. Um, check out the link and subscribe to our podcast on different platforms. That's super helpful. We're just getting started on these platforms, so getting some subscribers is both inspirational and, and helpful. Um, so yeah, check that out. And if you are watching this one on Twitter, we are live streaming this on Twitter and YouTube. If you're watching it on Twitter, you can't really participate in the chat, which, you know, is subpar or whatever. So maybe you want to open it on YouTube. you can to find the link on my Twitter user, at Eurodale. There you can join the chat on the side. And if you are already here, why haven't you said hi yet? Good afternoon. Hello. It's a live show. It's much nicer if we can talk to each other. So say hi. I appreciate that. All right, enough nonsense. Let's jump into the details of Bitcoin for this uh, week. Uh, We're just gonna check out the time chain calendar as we always do. We are at block height 801,635, meaning that we're about 39,000, 38,000 blocks away from the halving. We're in the fourth epoch, current subsidy is 6.25, but that's gonna halve now in about nine months or so. I think we're looking at end of April next year. Um, the current Bitcoin price is 29,182 US dollars per BTC, which is pretty much unchanged since we started doing Bitcoin for breakfast in English. Every every week I, I report this number; and it feels like I'm just adding like footnotes at the end of it. So very very stable exchange rate at the moment, which means we have had quite a lot of time now to stack Sats at this pretty favorable rate of 3,426 Sats per USD. Hello, there you are. I knew there were some souls watching this show still. Hello, Krusty. Hello, Gunnar. And hello, Horkon. Appreciate you guys um, joining me in the middle of today. I always do these shows on such short notice. So if you want to watch them live, you kind of have to just turn your day around. So I do really appreciate it when people sit down for the live show too. Yeah, so um, that's the time change calendar right now. And... um, I don't think we have, yeah, we have 38,364 blocks to go until the next half. We uh, have uh, made an ambition for this show to be not just, you know, a place for conversations about Bitcoin and some news about Bitcoin and this kind of stuff every now and then, but also a window for Bitcoin in the Nordics and hopefully a platform that can help more people discover where to discover Bitcoin in the Nordics. And one of the most useful tools for Um, orange pill and for joining and for feeling stronger as a Bitcoiner is to meet other Bitcoiners at Bitcoin meetups. So we want to spend uh, part of this show every week highlighting the Bitcoin meetups that are coming up. And there are some uh, cool Bitcoin meetups coming up uh, quite a lot, actually, in the next month. So if you are in Scandinavia or in the Nordics, do check out, first of all, uh, already today at 6 p.m. tonight, there is a Bitcoin meetup in Helsinki in Finland. I do not know this group, and the topic uh, is, seems very broad, related topics, anything that remotely touches Bitcoin. So I can't quite vouch for the um, toxic maxi uh, level of this, uh, this meetup. Um, but it is the only meetup I know of in Finland. So maybe it's an opportunity to, um, to connect and maybe focus a conversation there if you are in the area. There is also a Bitcoin meetup in uh, Gothenburg uh, next Thursday, August 10th. This is organized by uh, Swedish Bitcoin meetups, which have been organizing meetups for quite a while and have actually uh, quite a few meetups lined up. Um, Gothenburg on the 10th of August, Uppsala on the 12th of August, Malmö, no sorry, Kalmar on the 18th of August and finally Stockholm on September 7th. So uh, this group is really getting active in organizing meetups in Sweden. That's really, really good to see. And if you are in Gothenburg, Uppsala, Kalmar or Stockholm, do check out their meetups. Um, You will find those dates again in the link descriptions, in the links in the description of this video. So you can open each of these meetups uh, there. There's also a meetup in uh, Malmö on the 17th of August. And finally, I have to of course highlight uh, that we uh, in the Norwegian community also have a meetup uh, coming up in Bergen. Uh, If you follow the link to that meetup in the description, you'll also open up our Discord. And our Discord is a little bit quiet now during the beer market, but it is one of the biggest Bitcoin Discords in the Nordics and uh, a great place to uh, organize meetups and connect with others uh, on different topics. So uh, join the meetup and sign up for our Discord while you're at it. That would be really cool. Okay, cool. There are also some conferences coming up. They're getting closer now. We have, um, first of all, uh, Riga, in uh, in Baltic Honey Badger in Riga in the beginning of September. That's less than a month away now. I'm going to be a speaker there, and I hope to see as many as possible, especially from the Nordic community, go over to Riga that week. There's going to be a German-speaking, the world's biggest German-speaking Bitcoin conference in Innsbruck on the 14th to 17th of September. As far as I understand, it's quite welcoming to internationals, even if you don't speak German. So if you wanted to visit Innsbruck, that could be a great conference to attend. And finally, um, Bitcoin Magazine is doing it again. They're going to do Bitcoin Amsterdam for the second year running uh, in Amsterdam in October. Uh, I will be a speaker there as well. So uh, once again, I hope to uh, see you uh, both in the audience and in the pub uh, afterwards. All right, enough to chat, enough info. It is time to move on to today's topic. As I said, we have um, uh, Alan B. Watts. Uh, who is not the Alan B. Watts that you may be thinking of. He has not been resurrected for the occasion of our uh, show. For those of you who don't know Alan Watts, he was a philosopher, hippie movement leader from the 60s who who became a big proponent of Eastern thought in the West and maybe was the most important and most successful uh, connector of Eastern and Western thought in the last 40 to 50 years. Alan B. Watts with the Bitcoin logo is a Bitcoiner and philosopher who is clearly very strongly inspired by Alan Watts's uh, works. And I thought he could be an interesting uh, man to um, elaborate on what does it mean to believe? What does God even mean? Uh, what is, is there a connection between Bitcoin and, and God and in which direction does that go? Um, these are all interesting topics. And even though I was a bit sick, so you can hear that I'm a bit groggy throughout the entire interview, I really enjoyed the conversation. And I hope you will, too. If you have any questions, shoot them in the chat. Uh, We won't be able to respond to them during the recorded interview, obviously. But I will be here and I will be looking at them afterwards when the conversation is broadcast. It's about 35 minutes and I hope you enjoy. My name is Alan B. Watts, famous philosopher. Uh, You tweet about faith, belief, God. How has this become such a big topic for you?
1: Yeah, good question. Well, the reason I chose this name, Alan B. Watts, is because I do credit Alan Watts for leading me to Bitcoin and also for leading me to just what I would consider a closer to the truth and a better model of reality than what I had previously. Hmm. And, you know, relating to the question of religion and kind of my backstory there, as I mentioned on a recent thread, I grew up Catholic, went to church every Sunday, had you know, pretty much took uh, as truth everything that the church taught as far as the dogma and everything, and didn't really start questioning it until I was a teenager. And at that point, I really started to question everything, and I definitely had a bit of rebelliousness in me. And all of a sudden, when I was a teenager, I just had this sense that it's all fake. It's all nonsense. Mm -hmm. There is no God. And how could all these people be so foolish to think that there's some king in the clouds, ruling over everything telling us what to do you know like a teacher looking over your shoulder while you're doing your your work and grading you and pulling all the strings from afar and so i definitely i rejected that view pretty strong strongly and then all through college i had the same kind of feeling i you know i would see maybe professors or other students or people who were religious and i just thought they were all basically foolish and they Uh, you know, were engaging in a form of wishful thinking because they were afraid of their own death. And so they were using religion as a coping mechanism. Right. Religion was just comfort. It was just a... Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, opium for the masses, it's been called. And so I see all of, you know, so many people in Bitcoin Twitter and Noster and around the Bitcoin community that have this atheist viewpoint. And I very much have a soft spot for that because that's where I came from previously. Um, but, you know, through exploring what religion really means, um, you know, through the Eastern philosophy and through Alan Watts, I really got a whole nother lens that I had never been exposed to in the Western world. Because, you know, in the West, they do tend to portray God as there's the kingdom of heaven. And it's a very monar- monarchical view. Right. And he's the ruler who sits on the throne. But and the, the world Eastern- is
0: something made. It is something external material.
1: Exactly. But there's a totally different way of looking at it, which is how Hindus, Buddhists, people in, in the East think about it, which is that God dwells within each of us. And so you don't need to think of God as this external ruler that's pulling all the strings from afar. You, it's I would say it's more accurate to think of God as the divine essence that dwells within every being. And, you know, it's a, I find it interesting that so much of what science tries to do is to try to figure out what stuff the universe is made of. And so mm. physicists are constantly cutting molecules and atoms and trying to figure out what is the fundamental stuff of the universe. And when you get down to it, you can't really find any stuff as far as particles, because you know the deeper you go, there's basically more and more space, the further you cut. And so I would say the greatest revelation that Alan Watts had, which is a reflection of what Buddhists and Hindus have known for thousands of years, is that you're it, or Tatva Masi in Sanskrit, which means that art thou, which is you are the stuff of, of, you know, from which the universe is made. And so in that sense, each of us is God and you don't die. If you consider yourself as the entire cosmos, then obviously when your particular avatar fades into the earth and gets eaten by worms, you don't really die, your one form may change into different forms. Um, And similarly for, you know, like the first law of thermodynamics is that matter is neither matter and energy is neither created nor destroyed, it just gets converted from one form into another. So I find it pretty ridiculous when people think that when you die, you just you're gone. And that's it. It's the end of the road. Because that's not even in line with scientific uh, thinking. Obviously, the same energy that created you becomes part of the rest of the ecosystem and appears in different forms. And so I, I felt that once I So, so the notion So the about- notion
0: of death, in fact, almost requires this superstitious belief in the self or uh, the superstitious belief is uh, in you having something in you that is apart from the Godhead, that's apart from the universe... Whereas in reality, anyone observing anyone else around them can see that they are, in fact, in the universe. They are a part of the universe, if not the universe.
1: Exactly. It's a much bigger leap to think that you are totally separate from the rest of reality than to realize you're part of the rest of reality. And Alan Watts called this ecological awareness, where if you try to describe any organism, you cannot accurately describe it without also describing its environment. Like if you're talking about a frog, you can't talk about the frog without also talking about the pond and the Mm -hmm. flies that the frog eats and the sun that warms the habitat of the frog and everything else surrounding it. And so nothing really stands on its own. No man is an island. Mm -hmm. And so once you see that you aren't just what Alan Watts calls your empty bag of your bag of skin, like your what is you doesn't just end where your skin ends you also have you know an electromagnetic field you have heat that emanates you're able to sense things that are beyond just what's in, what touches your skin and so, so what
0: contains take- a being is not so
1: obvious exactly it's all interconnected and you know that's why if you look at my twitter profile the location is indra's net of jewels because indra's net is one visualization of what this like how you might have a mental model for reality where the idea is that imagine a multi-dimensional spider's web in the early morning with dew drops on every part of the spider's web and each dew drop reflects all the other dew drops so you could think of it as every part of indra's net as a reflection of the entire universe and for you know, for that reason, it's you cannot disconnect different parts. It's all interconnected, and so by, yeah. When are
0: looking at all the drops, you know every single one of them, and by looking at any single one of them, you know you know all the drops.
1: Exactly, okay. that's right.
0: Okay, um, I realize now that you and I may be very well familiar with Alan Watts. Who is Alan Watts? I mean, uh, uh, clearly an inspirational figure for both of us.
1: Yeah, Alan Watts. I would say he is the single person most responsible for bringing Eastern philosophy and religious ideas to the West. Mm. And he was particularly prominent in the 1960s and 1970s alongside the hippie movement, the beatnik movement. And uh, he's one of the few characters that maintained that way of living, even when we went into the 80s and 90s up until his death, I would say. Alan Watts and Ram Dass were some of the biggest figures there. And so he really opened up the whole Western world to being exposed to Eastern ideas. And I think what makes him even greater than a lot of Easterners who've had these views for thousands of years is that he also integrates Western ideas. So he's not someone who just says what the Easterners believe is right and what Westerners believe is wrong. He acknowledges that, for instance, because Westerners have such a focus on creation mm. and the idea that the universe is this uh, basically billiard balls that can be pushed around so you can craft it however you want. A construct. While that, mm. A construct, right. And while that has drawbacks, it has the advantage of being able to create incredible technology. Because if you think of the universe as an artifact that you can craft, like a, like someone who's crafting a cl- clay into a pot then that has serious advantages for being able to create incredible technology. Whereas, you know, maybe in some other places in the East, they haven't been as successful with that. But there's a huge downside, which is you feel disconnected from the rest of reality, which is not as common in the East.
0: Yeah, this I relate very strongly to that. I've heard a lot of Eastern thought before I discovered Alan Watts. But only through the lens of Alan Watts, bringing in the perspective of Christianity or maybe more broadly, monotheistic religions from the Middle East, gave a framing to it where it became obvious how they were two sides of the same coin, how this externalization of belief that we have in in the West uh, of the world as something material and constructed is very complementary to the notion of the universe as a single whole that is experienced primarily internally. Um, And maybe you need both in order to truly discover the the cosmos. Um, I think this is a really good moment, then, to bring up, since we're at this intersection of of East versus
1: West. um, What does it mean to believe? Um, Well, I believe that the word belief comes from leaf, uh, which is like a sincere hope. And I think this is why some people do, especially Bitcoiners, take a uh, negative view towards religion or towards belief or faith is because they view it as sort of, you know, basically trusting something just on a a whim without actually knowing yourself. Mm. And, And, you know, obviously trust, you know, don't trust, verify is a really important meme in the Bitcoin world. And I guess I might have a slightly different view on belief because for me, it's not I think that you can have belief if you don't truly know what is true, but if you've experientially felt God or felt the oneness of all beings or however you want to describe it, you don't really need to believe. It's the most obvious thing that could ever possibly happen. And so like, I think if you've never had a profound religious experience or you've never had a, Uh, you know the feeling of satori while you're in meditation or if you're on a psychedelic trip or if you're traveling in an unknown part of the world and you've never had that real feeling of connection to the rest of the entire ecology of the cosmos then it does seem like oh yeah you're just believing it because some pastor told you that if you do such and such then you go to heaven afterwards i don't think that's uh you know that might be an okay place to start especially because the old religions are tried and true. They're thousands of years old and they've existed. They've persisted throughout time for a reason. So I do think it's a good place to start with the Christian model of reality or the Hindu or or one of these old religions, but to get beyond just belief and to make it something where you've actually verified by your own experience, by looking inward and self-reflecting and thinking about how everything interconnects that it to me is beyond belief that's knowing and that is verifying yourself
0: yeah um i find belief very fascinating as a as a concept i struggle a little bit with what makes it what if you if you know enough about sort of the western way of seeing the world and enough about physics and so on it seems to fall down this path of nihilism where there doesn't seem to be any purpose or meaning and at some point uh belief becomes this choice it's less about uh, and, and a very humble choice—a choice of saying, uh, "I don't know. I don't, uh, but I can see exp- uh, uh, exp- uh, exp- um, experimentally, and I can and I can uh, think logically that having an attitude to the world in which I believe there is meaning, in which I believe there are um, constraints that make sense, in which I believe there is a unity to everything that's going on, clearly yields better results. And if it yields better results, I may assume that it is more aligned with how the universe works." And if it's more aligned with how the universe works, how is that even different than from what how God works? And then I'm back to the point of then I might as well say that this is a support for believing, choosing to believe that uh, continuing down a path of meaning is more valuable than continuing down a path of nihilism. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. these are these are loose, loose thoughts that I, as I said to you before, I'm a little bit sick from uh, from a great uh, summer. Um, But I hope that made sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. It it reminds me of another Alan Waltz quote where he says that Zen is not focused on what is good or bad or advantageous, but what is. And so to me, that's the most and that sounds like what you were getting at is it's not so much about, oh, I hope this is true. And so I'm going to strongly believe that this is true. It's more about taking a holistic view and what is what is true. And you're totally right that nihilism is you know, very much more prominent today than it has been perhaps in any time in history. And I would say that even though there is a lot of quote unquote nihilism, you can never be fully nihilistic because everyone has some kind of religious belief, even if you don't call it that. So if you reject all uh, traditional religions, you might instead start worshiping science itself, which is would be scientism. And we saw this a lot during COVID, where people were worshiping Fauci, and there's also worshiping the state. And you get super into politics, whether on the side of progressivism or conservatism or any other system of belief. And so you can never totally be devoid of any kind of model of what reality is and so if you replace one model of reality which is the traditional view that there is God and we are all part of God and you replace it with something else that might work out okay for you but I think that a lot of the problems we see in society today are because we've replaced what has worked for thousands of years with these newfangled belief systems that have not been tested and have a lot of drawbacks and fall into a lot of the same old traps that we've seen you know, time and time again throughout history.
0: Right, and then losing the lessons that we had learned. Uh, there's a quote I really like, that traditions are solutions to problems we forgot. Uh, the tra- tradition has been going on for so long that the problem is no longer there. It hasn't been for a very long time. So the tradition is now standing there on its own, inexplicable, and a lot of people yeah. don't understand why it's around until you remove the spring dance and suddenly nobody has kids in the winter anymore. Uh, you start realizing that things are interconnected and that there
1: were problems that these traditions solved um, that we had simply forgotten. Totally, yeah. Uh, Thomas Sowell has a quote where he says that most of the history of the last 50 or 100 years has been replacing what works with what sounded good. <laughs> and right. that, that seems to be one of the main sources of problems because you could argue the whole fiat system is basically what sounds good. Oh, more money sounds good to everyone, more funding for all these programs. And that sounds really good. But when you dig deeper and realize that you can't actually create you know, nothing, you can't create something out of nothing, that you're always going to be stealing purchasing power away from someone if you print money and try to create artificial supply and and demand dynamics, then you're going to probably create more harm than good. And Mm -hmm. that's why what I love about Bitcoin is that it's a return to natural law and it's grounded in the reality of what it takes to produce energy and electricity. And that's something that can't be faked. And so I think the more we can get back to sort of the ground of being, which interestingly enough, that's what the philosopher Tillich Uh, that's how he defines God is the ground of being. Mm. Uh, I think that's what Bitcoin allows us to do. And I think that's what the old religions allow us to do. And I'll I'll also say that there are a lot of things that I think some of the old religions have gotten wrong. So it's not like, I think they're without, um, I, I don't think there are any unjust, there are not justified criticisms. Like I would say, I mean, Christianity is one of the religions that most closely resonates with me. I would say, Uh, Catholicism and Mahayana Buddhism are my two like the two religious systems that resonate the most with me personally, though I certainly find value in all all belief systems, you know, including Islam and and Hinduism and many others as well. Mm. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, part of part of like the main criticism I would have with Christianity, which Alan Watts also talks about, is that the, the gospel never actually made it out. The gospel, the good news that Jesus was spreading, was not that he's the only son of God. It was that we're all children of God, and we all have the potential to be the best version of ourselves, to be closest to God, to do what is right and just. And And uh, one of
0: us can carry our own cross and die for all the sins of all others if we choose to.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And Alan Watts has a funny lecture about this where he says, "Oh, sure, Jesus was able to overcome death and and uh, you know be on the cross and live a nearly perfect life, but he had the unique advantage of being the boss's son what What chance do I have of living a good life i'm just I'm just poor little old me. And I think if we had Jesus on this call, he would not take the view that." he is the only person who is sort of on a pedestal above everyone else. And, you know, you hear these quotes in the Bible where people will say, or where where Jesus will say, um, you know, I am the truth, the way and the light. Nobody gets to the Father except through me. Hmm. And they'll take that as, oh, Jesus, Jesus is on a pedestal. Right. But if you take it at the more Hindu uh, or Buddhist interpretation, you would read that as no one gets to the Father except through me. What me is referring to is the Atman, the Mm. supreme self, which is the inner self that and this, I think, gets to a, a really important notion for Bitcoiners and anyone who cares about freedom, is that what Jesus was basically telling people is to trust their inner self and listen to their inner voice, which the Hindus and Buddhists call the Atman. And rather than just trusting what some other authority figure tells you to do. So it really is extreme ownership of finding God within yourself rather than, oh, here's what some you know, person with authority told me to do, and I'm just going to follow them because they clearly have more authority than me because they're a Pharisee or they work for the Federal Reserve or they're an important political figure or whoever it may be. It's really it's verify through your own introspection and then live with that guidance, not with the external guidance of someone else.
0: Yeah, I think that's got to be a perspective that at least resonates with Bitcoiners, regardless of their views on God, the radical ownership um, that comes with freedom. Another thought, I suppose, is Jesus is also the lowest of the low. He's born in a stable. He's crucified in the manner of a slave. It's very hard to imagine a, a human being lower than Jesus, in a sense. And despite coming from that low background and being treated in such a humiliating way, he never gives in to the natural human impulse of getting himself off the cross. Of lying, of saying the thing that you know authorities want to hear. He consistently carries his own cross to his own destiny. uh, And in that sense, he introduces the concept of free will for all of us. We don't have to give in to our animalistic instincts. We don't have to be a species that deceives and kills and murders. We can, on an individual level, be a species that freely chooses to give in to these impulses or to live more live in accordance with Atman, to follow our higher self. Um and that free yeah. will concept, I suppose, must have had a pretty big impact on on the on the Western way of thought leading up to Bitcoin and Austrian economics connected to it, perhaps.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, when I think about free will, I I used to be a fan of Sam Harris, who's a staunch atheist, one of the most prominent atheists thinkers and he has this idea that there is no free will because everything is just your environment and you're basically this automaton that gets pushed around by your environment and you never really can decide anything and i find that such an absurd position to take and alan watts has a lecture on this where he says that there's two errors you can make one error is to think that you are nothing that you basically are pushed around by the universe and you have no free will the other error is to think you are all powerful and nothing is outside of your control. And that would be sort of like a power trip type of error. And obviously both of those are wrong. There are some things that are within your control, there are some things that are not within your control. And each of us is called to our, our so journey. To tell the difference. Yeah, it's it's uh well that's why when they say uh, the middle way in Buddhism, it's not about making compromises. It's about what they call walking the razor's edge, where you're, you know, you're basically doing what is the the best course. Like, and I, I would say also the story of Jesus really closely resembles the story of the Buddha, because where Jesus came from a very low place in life, born in a manger, the Buddha started in the highest place of life. He was the son of a wealthy. Uh, You know wealthy brahmin and he lived this great life. He had everything he could possibly ever want And then he gave it all up to go on his own spiritual journey And so I I find it interesting that Jesus and the Buddha sort of ended up at the same place But from two very different directions Mm. and the Buddha tried all the extremes He tried extreme asceticism where he only ate one banana a day and had all this pain and suffering and he also tried being a being a wealthy merchant who had all the money and material possessions he could ever want and then ultimately he landed on the middle way of living a good life where you're neither needlessly hurting yourself but you're needlessly you're also not needlessly aggrandizing yourself mm. and that i think is just the best advice you could possibly give anyone yeah uh,
0: stay humble but don't get despondent um. yeah
1: and thats way. it's funny how close that is to the Bitcoin meme of stay humble, stack sats. Is... Right.
0: Right. Even though you should stay humble, it doesn't mean giving up. It means building. And uh, we express that as stack sats, but as opposed, um, yeah, um, surrendering without giving up is a key thing there. Um, okay. I want to, we we've been touching on this already, but uh, how is God and your changing views on God informed your views on bitcoin or do you think bitcoin has more informed your views on god which which direction do you think that relationship has gone for you
1: i would say my search for the truth of religion has led me to bitcoin more so than the other way around Mm. because i but they are very very intimately connected because i think people who are Thinking in very long timescales, they will tend to think about what really is money, what is God, what does it mean to live a good life, and those questions are all interrelated. Mm. And so, by finding Alan Watts, that obviously helped me come to a better sense of what where I view myself within the larger cosmos. And you know, I had certain experiences that were really, you know, really shaped my life. Like I remember one time I went to the the island of Rhodes in Greece, and they have this great citadel at the very top of this mountain. And it was closed for the day, but I decided to just scale the wall and climb up there anyways. And so I was in this ancient citadel on top of this mountain in Rhodes like where no one else was there. It was like totally empty. And I just saw these inscriptions on the stones that showed all the people that had fought over this one plot of land and all the people who had died and it, I just had this profound sense of wow, all these people fighting over this one plot of land, and then they're gone, and then someone else takes it over, and it seems so totally needless. And that's to me also seems like what's happening in fiat. Everyone is constantly fighting over these, uh, you know, control of the money printer or proximity to the money printer or whatever it is, and then they just get wiped out, and they at the end of the day they haven't really made civilization any better they haven't solved any problems they just have the same cyclicality come over and over Mm. and you see this in buddhism too there's the wheel of birth and death and the idea in buddhism is to escape that wheel and become uh, a buddha and i think similarly bitcoin is something that can allow us to escape this wheel of the birth and death of fiat empires and we can Mm. finally get back to you know closer connection with nature that can't be artificially warped in uh you know nefarious ways
0: yeah turning truth into a sort of cosmic constant that is external to ourselves uh certainly allows us to orient ourselves around god or, or whatever you mean by that in a very interesting way i mean you, you mentioned time and the perspectives
1: we have on that um, does god have a time preference And what is god's time preference? well i would i would say that god is beyond time because if you think of any like this is why uh, I for, I forget exactly what the number was but a couple of weeks ago they came out with what the age of the universe was and it was I think it was 14.7 billion years where previously it was only 7 billion years or something like that and i thought that was such an absurd thing for people to state because well first of all they have the point 7 to make it sound very scientific like we we really know this is exactly how long ago it was but <laughs> If you think about what, like, where would you even measure that from? It's not like earth was around when the big bang happened. So all of us, every being in existence, every non-being in existence was in that exact focal point of the atom when the big bang occurred. So it does not make any sense to say there's, oh, that was this many billions of years ago, because when you compress all of that mass into one point, there, really is no t- external, there is was no external there was no external time within which that happened exactly it's it's all relative mm. and the big bang is still happening now and alan watts would say that all exist all that you know the, the past doesn't exist the future never comes all that exists is the eternal now and that yeah. i think is a much better way of thinking about it and so as far as time preference i do think it's it's a good framing to say, you know, have a low time preference, lower your time preference, think for the long term. But I also think it's important to every day live your life in a way that you would feel proud of for all eternity. So I don't think it's ever good to take shortcuts to try to, like, for instance, scam people to buy some shit coins so then you can stack more sats. That I think is just, it's never worth it to, try to take shortcuts in that way i think you should like live in the eternal now so have a low time preference and and alan watts also says you know everything he says is exaggerated and wrong in some respect so really the whole point of philosophy and of even talking it's almost like a correcting mechanism like if you're walking a tightrope and you start to lean too much to one side then you know you lean your body weight a little bit more to the other side so I think the, lo- the low time preference meme is important because in today's fiat society, people have such high time preferences. Right. And they, yeah, they're only thinking but, but, about next quarter and not you know, next century. That's the direction
0: we need to bump in it right now. Yeah, I had this thought leading up to this conversation in preparation that, because somebody pointed out that, you know, there's, there's suffering in the world, there's bad things in the world, the problem of evil, right? And uh, in thinking about the scale at which God operates... And in the assumption that we can agree on on God as being a thing at all, on the scale that he operates, for the dinosaurs, the asteroid was a tragedy. And for the mammals, it was a blessing. Who are we to say what is good and bad? What is heaven and hell? uh, What is a green field and what is a cold steel rail? To to quote Pink Floyd on that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There is something about the time preference we have when we need to solve problems where we will always be so much more impatient than God can be, and obviously f- so much more personally affected uh, on the ego level than God will be, that we have to have a much higher time preference than God. And right. uh, uh, But at the same time, that leads us then sometimes to, to get to the point where we are now in the fias world where our time preference is so high
1: that we are self-destructive. Um, yeah, that, I think the problem of evil is interesting, but I think it is misguided. And basically, the argument goes that if God is all powerful, all knowing and and omnipresent and he's all good, obviously omnibenevolent, then why could how could there ever be evil in the world? And this is a very Christian view or Judeo-Christian view of who God is. But if you take a broader view of who God is, which is more the Hindu view or the Buddhist view, where God is not just the good stuff, God is Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, obviously, there's no contradiction because you can't have good without evil. What would it even mean to be good if there was no evil? It would just be boring sameness. And same thing with life and death. You can't have life without death and, and vice versa. You can't have up without down. These things go with each other. And so it's just, I think a bit absurd to think like that we could have some idealistic universe where everything is up and nothing is down and everything is good and nothing is bad. And if we did have that, we wouldn't have much free will or, or much autonomy to make decisions in our own life. So I don't view there as being a problem of evil, but I do think Christians fall into that trap because of the rigid definitions that, that are you know, portrayed from the church. And one final thing I'll say on this is that Alan Watts has another really interesting lecture where he talks about the book of Job, mm. where Job has all these terrible things happen to him. He's a really good pious man, but time and time again, his loved ones die. He gets sick. His house becomes homeless. Right. Yeah. Everything bad happens. And the interesting thing is that basically what's going on is there's a bet between God and the devil. And God is saying, oh, he's so you know the devil's basically saying if you make all these terrible things happen to him he's not going to worship you anymore he's going to become a, an evil person and god's saying no that's not true he will continue to be a pious man even if all the worst things happen to him and so alan watts basically gives this model of the universe where god where the devil is like the prosecutor in a in a legal court where he's the one who's saying you did these bad things you said this bad thing you did all of this and then Jesus is basically your uh, defense counsel who yeah. say, well, yes, but he also did these good things and he lives lives this good life and he does this, he says his prayers and is kind. And then God is the judge and jury who decides your fate. And so if you take this view, I th- which I think is more accurate than you know, just thinking of God as all the good stuff, then really the, the devil and Jesus and God kind of all serve the court of heaven And I think that's just a good way of understanding how you need good and evil, but otherwise you wouldn't have either. They're two sides of the same coin.
0: Right, yeah. Um, I think this has been a really good chat and I think uh, because it's been good, we are already moving a little bit past our time, but I would like to just address one last uh, criticism that I think we will often have from Bitcoiners. You've touched upon it briefly already. Um, How does Don't Trust Verify, a big slogan for Bitcoiners, reconcile with the idea of belief or faith or a God that you can't shake hands
1: with? Great question. I would say that it's true. You shouldn't trust. You should verify. And it's good to question every assumption you have. So I would urge you to also question your assumptions as it relates to atheism. And I would dig as deep as possible into what you actually mean by God, what do you mean by you? How do you define yourself? How do you define the universe? and how do you define the interconnection between you and the universe? And I would look really closely at the do- the two different views. One is the bag of skin view, where you're just a separate entity who's pushed around and uh, in the the words of a poem that Alan Watts often references, a a stranger and afraid in a world I never made. Mm. And uh, do you feel that way? Do you feel alienated? Like you're just here on probation and, you know, you'll be gone the next day. Or do you view yourself as a manifestation of all that there is? And, you know, in the same way that a tree doesn't feel alienated from the rest of the earth. In fact, its roots go down and connect to other trees. And there's the mycelial network of the fungus and all the other birds and animals that interact with the tree, it's exactly the same way with each of us. And so I don't think you should just trust that, oh, Christianity is true, Islam is true, Judaism is true, just because some pastor told you. Just like I don't think you should trust that the dollar is sound and uh, bonds are a risk-free rate of return just because someone told you. You should actually do the work yourself. And as far as verifying, a lot of people will say, You can't verify religion because it is a system of belief. But in my view, it's the most fundamental thing you can verify because it's like, you know, I think therefore I am, but really it's like it's just should just be I am like the most fundamental thing is your existence. And so I would verify yourself of who you are and where your place in the cosmos is by meditating, by traveling by introspecting, reading mm-hmm. religious, philosophical, scientific texts, whatever you have, and then come to whatever your view is. It, you know, certainly, I don't, I'm not trying to force anyone to view anything in any particular way, but it's good to always question your own assumptions and, and verify through introspection, which I think a lot of people forget about that. They just verify through reading records, but they forget about the experiential component of what does it feel like to be you and when you meditate and can you even find the ego like search for yourself Can you find it? And when I've searched I've realized that there is no ego It's just the uh, what I when I go into myself. I just find The entire cosmos or the cosmic web or Indra's net. However, you want to call it Thank
0: you so much for that Uh, when people want to follow you or hear more of your uh, interesting views How do they reach out? I think I've already put up your Twitter profile here, basically. So that's a pretty good place to start. Do you have other channels, or is this your preferred
1: uh, place to be interacted with? I'm mostly on Twitter and Noster. And I'm also... I do post Alan Watts quotes on Reddit as well, but mostly Twitter and Noster. Awesome. Can people find you on Noster here on Twitter easily? If you search for my NPUB... and Alan Watts. I'm sure I've shared it. Okay, I got that one up right, right away. But let's Maybe see. at NPub or.
0: All right. Well, I think people get the idea. If they want to find you on Oster, go to your Twitter and uh, there should be some info there, but that's at least your Twitter profile. Hey, uh, I know you're on the other side of the planet. We tried to set this call up for a little bit and I'm so grateful to get you up early in the morning and that our our time schedules uh, aligned, finally.
1: Yeah, this has been great. Thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed your content as well. And yeah, very cool to see what you're doing over there on the other side of the pond. Thanks a lot. I'm sorry this conversation could be longer. I'd uh, have loved to sit here for three hours and really dig into this. But I
0: think this was a really, really good tidbit for a lot of people. Um, I'm going to wish you a, a beautiful day on. And uh, move on uh, in our uh, show now. But uh, thank you so much for for coming, and I hope to see you again uh, on the show uh, soon.
1: Great, Likewise. Thanks, Eric. Take care. All right.
0: Welcome back. Thank you. That was my interview with uh, Alan B. Watts, um, recorded yesterday, gone live now. Um, as I warned in advance, it was always going to be an unsatisfying conversation, giving us thirty minutes to bring up some of those biggest questions in the world. Um, I would have loved to do a series on this at some point in the future where we can really sit down with a series of guests with a multitude of views and explore that. I am primarily a Bitcoiner, and this channel is primarily a Bitcoin channel, so a little bit hesitant always to move sort of outside of that sphere. I allowed myself to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it somewhat, at least. Um, I don't know who will be the guest for next week, but we intend to be back uh, next Wednesday, as we usually are. And um, if you have ideas for topics or meetups that are coming up or something else that you think we should feature on the show, please do shoot me a DM or leave a comment below. It would be super nice if you liked the video. That makes it much easier for people to find it. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And um, yeah, as I mentioned before, we now have Bitcoin for breakfast as a podcast. It will come up as a podcast as soon as I've stopped recording this. Now, for next week, I hope I will be in better shape. My voice should be clear again. My mind should be less uh, foggy. We are working on some changes for um, um, this channel and for the conference, Northern Lightning. One of the things we're considering doing is to turn on subscriptions on Twitter and then use Twitter as a live stream platform in addition to a regular Patreon live stream um And then allow that membership to also represent a discount for tickets for the conferences that we're going to organize. So more about this should be coming soon. Uh, We just have to figure out a model that sort of balances different needs and um, can work long-term. Until then, I uh, hope you enjoyed this chat. Take care of yourself and each other. Um, And then um, I wish you a really good weekend. Happy weekend. Let's see, I uh, have not lined up a out, uh, outro today, so I'm gonna shoot up uh, this one. So ciao. ciao.
2: Well, we meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, For the eyes of the world now look into space, to the moon, and to the planets beyond. We have had our failures, but so have others, even if they do not admit them. To be sure, we are behind, and will be behind for some time. But we do not intend to stay behind, and in this decade, we shall make up and move ahead. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? great British explorer George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it. He said, because it is there. Well, space is there, and we're going to climb it. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked.